You are traveling through a dimension not only of sound, but of mind. A journey into a wondrous land whose only boundaries are that of your imagination. There is a fifth dimension beyond that is which is known to man. It is a dimension as vast as space and timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition. It lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. You unlock this door with the key of your imagination. Beyond it is another dimension, a dimension of sound, a dimension of sight, a dimension of mind. You've moved into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into another Grand Rapids Ghost Hunters Paranormal Podcast, brought to you by WKTV. I'm Wayne Thomas. Buckle in as we delve deep into the obscure. But first, let's welcome back my friend and co-host, Kim Colleen. Hi, thanks everybody. Good to be back for another exciting show. And uh, I think we should kind of clue in just real quickly why the costume or who we are, if you haven't <laughs> guessed already. Yeah, I think they're going to catch on, though. Okay, good, our good, 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 good. Men in black, if you haven't. Yeah, well, we did that because our guest actually has been uh, 10 years with uh, MUFON as a field investigator. Her bio is very extensive. Um, you want to cover a couple of those things? Yeah, so um, Marie Cisneros. Yep. Did, okay. You did yeah, it right. It yeah. Right. <laughs> you got it right. Um, she has the interest in the unknown, the bizarre, and the mysterious. Our kind of people. Yeah, I called her yeah. fascinating. She yeah. says, other people just call me weird. Yeah. <laughs> but weird works on this show. Uh, I think Marie is going to prove to be fascinatingly uh, weird. I love her already. I think you all will too. But uh, she's also, let's, let's just run down this list. Lead investigator, uh, reporter for uh, Paranormal, Paranormal Muskegon, CEO of Cygnus Research, that's a blog uh, archivist? Yeah, I, I do research, you know, uh, locally, but yeah, I have a blog too, it's called Cygnus Research. ULC minister and officiant. You have an associate's of applied science degree and a bachelor's of science degree in medical science. I already mentioned 10 years as a field investigator with MUFON. Astrologer, astrologer, tarot card reader, and then this one really uh, fascinates me because we've never had this kind of a person on our show before. Numerologist. Yeah, yeah. We've had a cryptozoologist, oh. demonologist, yeah. astrologist. That's right. <laughs> Is there any ologist that we haven't had? I, I thought we'd had them all, but now. Yeah, and a ufologist. So and, oh, we, and we had a ufo yeah. ufologist, right? Because yeah. uh, Bill. Bill Konkoleski was on the show. Yes. And actually, yeah. you oh, worked okay. under Bill Konkoleski when you were in, with MUFON for yeah. 10 years. Well, yeah, he's still my boss. So. He still oh, is wow. your boss. Yeah, okay. he still is. I'm still with MUFON. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, yeah, we had Bill on here, and then he has this book, Experience. Yeah, there. yeah. I'm, I'm aware of the, the book. I haven't read it, but uh, uh, I interviewed him for the one on one uh, column for the MUFON Journal a couple years ago. Okay. So I think it was out then, but I'm not sure. I thought you just did a, another interview with one of the MUFON people recently. Uh, I saw something on that. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, he's actually the, the lead investigator to, um, 
Daniel Snow. So yeah, I did an interview with him and because he actually works in Muskegon. So I thought, well, cool. Another MUFON person here in Muskegon. Maybe so. real quickly, if people don't know what MUFON is, maybe real quickly, just a couple sentences. Can you describe what MUFON yeah. is? Uh, MUFON stands for the Mutual UFO Network. Uh, they've been around since uh, the early 60s. And their mission is to educate and, um, you know, investigate uh, reports, uh, UFO reports, yeah. or, um, you know, anything anomalous, you know. Yeah. Actually, we're trained in even um, things like, you know, sightings of entities or, okay. you know. So it's not solely just UFO sightings? No, no. I mean, that the phenomena can range from, you know, that's a, a big range there from what you call, like, lights in the sky yeah. up until close encounters, even up to CE5s, which would be if someone was actually harmed by something, you know, but so it's... So like abductions? Yes, is that what yeah, you're saying? Oh, yes, there is actually what they call the experiencers group where if someone thinks that they've, uh, have had that experience, mm -hmm. you know, then they talk with them and, and, uh, and work with them through that, so. Okay. Right, well, Bill was abducted every couple years as a yeah, child, yeah, actually. Yeah. Um, How about you, have you, were you ever abducted? Well, before? you know, um, I've had some experiences through my lifetime that um, fit the criteria of what some of the abduction experience is, but what that was, I'm really not ready to say, I guess, sure. to know for sure. To, to Bill also to, had the out-of-body experiences, yeah. where I don't know if you feel like you you're, can look down on your body. from. Yeah. Yeah, I've had um, at least once that I've had the out-of-the-body experience, and I was I was very little. Um, I was actually, we were in, a, not really a car accident, but uh, where my father had stopped the car all of a sudden. Of course, back then, you didn't have seatbelts, so right. I'm there talking to the, the, my uh, brothers, my brother and my sister in the back seat, so we stopped, and I hit my head, you know, on the dashboard, mm -hmm. so, and I recall um, actually being outside the car looking down, you know, at me, so that's probably, oh, you know. Oh, it might have been a near-death experience. Near-death yeah. experience, yeah. Right. Yeah. That can turn so, on things for people. Absolutely. Minds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're into so much. So what do you spend most <laughs> of your time doing? I, I thought you were done with MUFON, but apparently not. No, no. Um, um, yeah, it's been over 10 years, a little over 10 years. So I think I started in 2008. But um, so I was a state director for a short time for out of Montana through a group called the CAG. It's a uh, case assistance group that they used to have and when they had like an overflow and didn't get cases done in a certain amount of time and then you know we would go in and do the cases for them so I've actually done cases in Montana Oregon Kansas so through the you know international MUFON group but and some of them pretty interesting uh, the two that um, from Montana were very interesting because they uh, involved uh, the Maelstrom Air Force Base and uh, UFOs. So I read somewhere that UFO activity is more heavy around Ace Air Force bases. Is that true? Yes. Well, they have. That's what I have uh, read also. And they have nuclear missiles at Maelstrom. So the cases that they've had were where they see it was a UFO over the um, the missile sites. And of course, there was a case in back in early '67 where they all went offline, you know, all in a bing, 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 all right. of the 
the missiles went offline and they didn't know why. So that was one of the most um, well-known cases. But um, when I was uh, investigating cases in Montana, I got one where they said that there was a UFO sighted over there, the base, and uh, the lights went out at the base for over 10 minutes. But even though it was a really good case, just because the person didn't want to become involved with it, uh, I guess he was uh, in the part of the um, Office of Special Investigations at Maelstrom hmm. and didn't want to come forward. So, I mean, understandably. Well, I asked Bill Konkoleski when he is in here, is there a <laughs> government cover-up or a conspiracy? <laughs> They're trying to keep this information from us. Yeah, I yeah I don't know. I he said maybe he, said he, he thinks so. Come right out and I said think so. there's a, there's right. been a lot where well, they, he talked about Blue Book. I think. Yeah, yeah, Project Blue Book, but it may just be a case of they're maybe just as perplexed as the rest of us are about what it is, and I'm sure that there are certain things that they have to keep under wraps for, you know, military purposes too. Sure. So, and public panic. It, well, yeah. Let's not forget about that. Right? Yeah, it could be. It could it's all be. for our own good, so, I guess. Some might panic. Some right. might be say, yes, we knew it all along. Right. What is it, Area 54? Is that what it's called? Area 51. 51. See, yeah. I don't, I'm not up in my How about some good hoaxes? Thing. Have you, have you uh, debunked anything? Yes, yes. I've had the occasion at least 10 times. Oh, 10 they'll times? They'll send you, at least that. You know, they'll send you a photograph and, um, you know, something really amazing. Then... It's not only a point of that you have to say, oh, yeah, this is a hoax. You have to prove why it's a hoax. Mm. So then, you know, use photo forensics, you know, to check out the photograph. And um, the one was a case where they had actually uh, took a photograph, I think probably in a reflection of the, the lights, you know, or the fan inside their dining room or something. I don't, I don't recall exactly what, but... So I said, yeah, but if you take it, it makes it look like it's outside because sure. it's through a window. It's just a reflection. I have that, a photo so. just like that, just like you're describing. It's my ceiling fan, and it has different globes yeah. on it, but it reflected against the window, and it looks like they're outside. They, a place was asking for photos, even if they, you knew they weren't UFOs, mm -hmm. to send them in. And this was a good example. It sounds like you're describing my picture. Oh, yeah. I haven't been able to find it lately, but that's what <laughs> Somebody it Somebody took your picture. Yeah, right. It, it looked like spaceships, like three or four of them yeah. out, outside the window. Yeah. But it was just a reflection from my ceiling fan. Yeah. Well, I have a pretty good uh, sense, the uh, BS meter, I like to call oh, it. Yes. So if you look at it and say, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's not, that's not real. So, but I have to prove that it's not real. So I went... I have a similar light on my porch, so I went and took pictures of that. I said, this is what they did right here. <laughs> so, yeah, I wow. wasn't trying to create this picture. It just happened to yeah, show up, and yeah. it looked like spaceships outside yeah. my window. Yeah. Right. That's cool. Yeah. How about crop circles? Well, I've never had an opportunity to see a crop circle. I'd like to see that, but or actually, you know, go inside it because they say the energy fields that you can maybe be measured. Inside. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. No, I haven't had that opportunity, so Ten I'm still years, awaiting so that. Ten years, no crap And Michigan's <laughs> had some really good cases. Yes, yes, they have. I agree. Over um, Lake Michigan, I, I know. Uh, yeah, um, the 1994 flat um, was probably the biggest and the, the, probably one of the best cases uh, worldwide. And that's kind of cool that it happened in Michigan. Right. Um, 
I did get a chance to talk uh, with Mike Walsh for uh, Paranormal Muskegon about that because he was, uh, he um, worked for um, the Muskegon Chronicle. So he ended up getting the, um, through the Freedom of Information Act, he got the radar tape uh, recording of that. So uh, I listened to that, which is chilling because the radar guy, that was at the National Weather Service, right. became involved. That so. one sticks in my mind. Yeah. You know, it, Bill, Bill was over, he's over on the other side of the state, so he yeah. likes the ones over by Ann Arbor more. Mm -hmm. But this one was over in West Michigan. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. um, right there in Muskegon, became involved through that. And I think they were seen by over 300 people in at least three or four counties, so all the way to Muskegon. What year was this? 1994. Okay. Uh, March 8th, I think March 7th and March 8th. So if somebody wants to Google that. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a big case, just uh, 1994 Michigan flap, and yeah, that, that case comes up because he, he was watching them on the radar and he said, um, he says, oh my God, he says, I don't know what these are. He says they were huge compared to what the plane blips were. He said they were flying in formation, but I, it was reported by police officers, and they were seeing them at the same time that it was being tracked on radar and being seen in the sky. And um, I think it's a, one of the best cases there are out there. Yeah. You know, the proof that, it, yeah, there's something going on there. Cops are chasing it. And yes. Stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. It's reported by people that are upstanding citizens. Yeah. And when it's a UFO, it's like hundreds of people see it. Yeah. I mean, how do you, how do you well discount that? I know. You can't discount that. Did you work on that case personally? No, then? I didn't. Okay. I didn't come with uh, until move on until 2008. Gotcha. So I would love to have you know, yeah. worked on that. But yeah, I was uh, really glad to have the opportunity to talk to Mike Walsh about it. So very cool. Uh, he's been on, I think, um, I think he was on Ancient Aliens. He's been on um, yep, I watched Larry that King's show. Yep talking about that case. Very so. cool. What's your yeah, take was, on the um, Michigan Bermuda Triangle? Yeah, well, the Michigan it's Triangle. Michigan Triangle, which is sort of like for our viewers and listeners, the Bermuda Triangle, which has had a history of ships going down. Planes. Planes, mm -hmm. sort of that same philosophy. Like if you go through that triangular area. So yeah. what's your take on what they call the Michigan Triangle. Well, there's definitely something there, whether it's uh, just anomalous weather conditions or um, some sort of magnetic mm -hmm. anomaly also. Um, from what I read is that over 6,000, 8,000 ships have went down right. over the Great Lakes. Yeah, I have that yeah. same stat, 8,000 ships sunk. Yeah. Right. Um, in Lake Michigan itself, it's been over a thousand since the 1700s, and I think the ones that stood out for me was um, uh, the case of uh, the Thomas Hume. It used to be called the, the Albrecht, you know, they had renamed it with Charles Hackley, and uh, even though they found that shipwreck in 2006, they never knew, you know, why it went down. Whether it was because there was you know, there was no uh, wreckage. Right. Now, Charles yeah. Hackley is an important person. Oh, yeah. Right. Yes, he is. He's Absolutely. like the founder of Muskegon. Yes, he he's the founder of Muskegon, basically. Um, Hackley Library, Hackley Hospital. Yeah. 
and it was his schoon he owned that schooner right the yes, boat that went down and obviously everybody died yep they lost seven seven crew members yep. on that one but they did recover the ship yeah is that um, what he's he said? what 175 years later oh man yeah or 75. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. 117 years, years or something. But yeah. lumber, Muskegon was one of the busiest ports back then because of the lumber industry out of mm -hmm. Michigan. And so what they would do is they'd run this schooner from Muskegon over to Chicago. And then they were coming back from Chicago empty when they went down. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. And then I'd have a reference too to the triangle. The triangle runs from Benton Harbor, draw a line up to Ludington. And then over to Wisconsin, Manitowoc. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Manitowoc. And so that's your triangle. Then back down to Benton Harbor again. It takes up you know, the southern part. That's of, a big area. Yeah, I mean, yes, Lake Michigan. But my reference is with uh, Flight uh, 2501 in 1950. It's still missing. They found nine ships since they've been looking for it. Haven't found it. There's been more than 40 mm -hmm. planes that have gone down in this uh, triangle and there's other things too about Lake Michigan the the um, underwater Stonehenge. Stonehenge yeah yeah the Michigan Stonehenge yeah that is I think is a great story it's like Michigan has a Stonehenge of their own I know that's yeah. cool they're, I read about that yeah they're keeping that under wraps where it actually is um, in it said they found a formation of stones similar to Stonehenge and uh, it actually one of the center stones looks like it has a mastodon carving on it, which mastodons haven't been around since well, 12,000 years. Yeah, 12,000 like years that. is what I read yeah. too. Yeah. I saw but some pictures uh, of that underwater. Yeah, that's, yeah I, I know they want to keep amazing. it a secret where it is, but I think you know where it is. No, <laughs> I wish I did. <laughs> I, thought, um, I thought it was in some bay or something. Yeah, <laughs> Grand it? Traverse Bay, I think they said it was, it was, I could be thinking of the, the Confederate gold. Was that Aunt, was <laughs> that oh, great. Andy? Now we're going to oh. have all these people <laughs> on Traverse City. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Was that Andy O'Reilly that had said it was in the Bay? I don't know. I think so, yeah, because we kind of talked. I do. I work with Andy O'Reilly. So he's another one of my bosses. Synchronicity because <laughs> yeah. he interviewed me when he was a oh, DJ he? with WFGR oh, one cool. Halloween. <laughs> yeah, he, he was doing the morning show. So it, it's all coming back around. It is, right? yeah. Well, the Petoskey Stone, people don't realize it's a fossilized coral. Mm -hmm. And at one time, Michigan was down by the equator. That's what this proves. Really? Yeah. Oh, see, I did not know that. Yeah, we, <laughs> Thank were, you. we were down by the equator at one time. And then when the crust shifted, you know, I think that's why maybe the mastodon uh, shows up. Of course, who knows, back in prehistoric times. This whole area, well, this whole area was apparently by the equator, though. Mm. Yeah, this is very interesting. Yeah. People come on this show and they talk about this, some of the same stuff. That's why I have this map already prepared because they talk about lake monsters and mm -hmm. different things that happen out in that triangle. Mm -hmm. And like you said, the ship has been found, but was it a storm that took it down? There are some bad storms in these Great Lakes. People mm. don't realize right. there's more shipwrecks. That's in the Great Lakes than there are and all the other w bodies of water combined. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and because you, I think you have these pop-up storms, right? That, you know, this water almost acts serious. like an ocean. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, some of these swells can get so high, it could take down these boats. The plane crash that I made reference to, they've never found any sort of um, 
wreckage for that and they've mm -hmm. looked a lot mm -hmm. but whether it could have been a storm still i mean it could just be a storm a lightning bolt took it down but where mm -hmm. is it yeah i did read something uh curious about that in because a lot of them do mention that that nothing they didn't find any of the wreckage but a lot of debris and actual bodies did wash up you know to shore but uh, apparently there was a woman that was interviewed about the case and said that she heard a, she was sleeping but she had heard a plane going overhead like it had circled several times and then she heard an explosion so you're making reference to yeah, to, yeah, 2501. And the body game washing up over by Benton Harbor, was it? Um, I think of? it was more like South Haven that they believe that, and that's where I think that she lived, said a mile offshore, but so she's thinking that perhaps uh, they should be looking closer to South Haven for any wreckage. Hmm. But it's it's possible maybe they didn't find anything because it actually blew up yeah. midair. Yeah. Well, hmm. That's tragic. That was one of the biggest... Uh, uh, flight disasters in U.S. history at that time. Yeah, there's so a lot of history, not, not yeah. just Lake Michigan, but all the Great Lakes. And they say Lake Superior doesn't give up for dead. They have those underwater yeah. caves that I think bod bodies get trapped in, mm. in Lake Superior, right? Yeah. You know, we, and we have the old the story there, the Edmund Fitzgerald, yeah. that we've made reference to on this show. But I, I haven't heard you talk about really the Edmund Fitzgerald. <laughs> I know the song. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. not to sing it, but <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh yeah, we don't sing on this no. show. No, no, no. We dress up. <laughs> yeah. We don't sing. No. Well, I, I can't, I can't sing, but I will sing, but not today. <laughs> Bill Maid said that uh, pretty much that life on other planets or other places, moons of planets, is statistically inevitable. He made reference to 100 sextillion inhabited or places that can be inhabited. And he, have you seen his shows? He does uh, UFOs over Michigan and then new UFO sightings. He does two different shows. Yeah, I saw the one where he did uh, over Michigan. And yeah, it was a big, long formula that he worked out. But yeah, it, not only is it statistically inevitable mm -hmm. that there's life, intelligent life on other planets, it's just eminent that they will be here if, if they're not here already. They're coming. Mm -hmm. What's your opinion on that? Ten years in Ten years. <laughs> Ten years. Well, well any, any opinion that I give is my opinion okay. and not okay. MUFON. So right. it's not as an investigator. That. I do have to put that yeah. disclaimer out there. That's okay. It's only my you know opinion is that um, I believe that uh, humans have never been alone. <laughs> ah. That there's always been um, others, whether... You know where they're from or you know what that constitutes is still an unknown to say that we know you know all there is to know about the phenomenon even if we come to the fact that yes the ufos are real you know and they constitute someone or something that is behind them or flies them then we still there's a lot we still don't know because it is a phenomenon it isn't just you know it isn't just craft in the sky that you see you know there's a lot there it goes a lot will along with the paranormal you know there's ufo sightings where people will see cryptoids and you know um you know bigfoot so that's all connected there too so you moved right into my question that's what <laughs> i was that's what i wanted to bring up whether there is a connection because like you said 
people see Bigfoot and it happens to be at the same time while well, we, we've been seeing some lights in the sky. Or what about Mothman? Is Mothman really some kind of an alien creature? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's possible. I, I haven't really done a lot of the the research into, you know, Bigfoot as much or even Mothman, but uh, I'm definitely of the opinion that, yeah, there's something Well, I want to take this there, a step so. <laughs> This was going to be... Into Mothman? <laughs> this was going to be my final thought, but we're oh, going to okay. use superstition for the uh, final thought. Okay. But uh, extraterrestrial sex. Are there aliens that are having sex with humans or with a other animals? So do we have a crossbreed <laughs> between alien and human life? That's a good question. Um, I think that there is something to the whole uh, hybrid story that people are, or humans are manipulated, you know, maybe genetics. They have been manipulated in the past. I think the idea that they're actually having sex might be. Oh, it could have been created in a test tube. I maybe. think so. Yeah, I think that might be more like it. That okay. it's. Right. Because there are cases where people say that they've been taken on board ships and they're, you know, they've had experiments conducted on them or they're, they believe that they're, you know, over were taken or, you know, sperm were taken. And then they were showed later on in other uh, dreamlike states that they see their offspring or what they believe are hybrid offspring. So I don't know if that actually constitutes the aliens and humans getting together in that way were maybe you, they don't need yeah. to <laughs> right like you said it created in the test tube yeah so were you an x-files fan oh absolutely oh yeah. yes absolutely yeah i i think it used to come on friday night so it's like i had to watch that <laughs> of course so we're not sure whether scully's baby maybe was uh part alien but oh i think Mulder yeah. had something to do with it. <laughs> I mean, yeah possibly but right. yeah I mean, I've seen reports from uh, women that say, oh, the best sex ever is with an alien. <laughs> oh, my yeah, God. Better than any sex really? they ever had with a human. Huh. I don't know. Yeah, well. It's, it's scary stuff. I mean, that's why yeah. we used the intro for the Twilight Zone for you mm -hmm. because you're so fascinating. You're in all these different areas. Now, you started your own, your CEO of your own company, research company. Is that right? Yes, that's Cygnus Research. So it's... Uh, uh, the mission is uh, to explore uh, new paradigms of, you know, archaeology and uh, basically some of the sciences and the paranormal and unknown. So I've just kind of started into, you know, putting it on the blog. I've done research just for probably about 30 years on different areas. You know, there I have my certain favorites of things that I like to research, so some of those aren't on the blog, but... I read that yeah. paradigms. The, I'm like yeah. paradigms. <laughs> what is what is paradigms? Yeah. I well, think just kind of like new that. thinking, new thinking in sciences because, um, like the Michael Cremo is uh, someone that's been really involved with um, pushing back some of the timelines of the human existence as you know an intelligent species. You know because they like to make us think that uh, humans were before certain before what. 40,000 years ago or so that we were, you know, in caves and, you know, wearing skins and didn't know how to do anything. But, you know, there's evidence to show that humans were very, you know, intelligent and uh, 
you we know, we're able to. Toilets and different well, stuff. I don't know about flushing toilets, but. <laughs> I thought I saw that. <laughs> That's possible. Maybe not riding around on dinosaurs either, but sometimes it seems like there's a reluctance in some of the mainstream science to push the timeline of humanity anything past 6,000 years. So I hmm. think that we're a lot older than that as a species, so. I bet there's never a dull moment around your house. <laughs> what? I'm kind of an informal file. They probably just tune me out. <laughs> but we got to get numerology too. Right. That's, that's oh. on the list. That's and that was a big one with that's me. That's big. Right. That's that was a, a big one with oh. me. Are there certain numbers? I know there's, I've heard of master numbers like 11, uh, 22, and 33. See, 33 was my football number. So I looked it up and 33... It's spiritual, religious, master, teacher. And then we also looked up, Kim gave me some numbers, her birthday, and uh, 12 represents independence, harmony, completion, perfection. 18 is independence, humanitarian. 26 is wealth, prosperity. I, I use 26 because we did our 26th this is our 26th show, yeah, so that's right. wealth and prosperity, and then 25th show would have been companionship and relationships, which is what which our, is right. Oh my gosh, that goes right hand in hand. Because it was our partner okay. in our in our radio show that we had on last yeah. time. So it was and we've become really good friends. Companionship, over the relationship, of the years. yeah, right. But 69, which is it's in the year I was born, yeah. Family, health, harmony, and compassion. So I kind of feel yeah. that all yeah. ties into yeah. me. But that's me. That, <laughs> that's you. my research. I want to know oh, okay. a certain numbers maybe that resonate with you or that you find are very significant right now. Uh, well, there are a certain set of numbers that um, have become significant to me um, over the last few years. There, it's a set of three different numbers. So. I don't know if I should say them or not. <laughs> Those are my numbers. Oh, it's because it's oh, personal? Well, yeah, more personal numbers. Oh, right. well, you don't have to say the numbers. numbers. Maybe just say the meaning behind them? Well, I guess that's be um, it's just because they, the numbers would come up in my life, like say if I would be on my phone yeah. or I would see the numbers, and it seemed to me to be something that at that time needed to be changed. Whatever I was thinking about or whatever was in the situation, it was something change needs to be made when I saw that number so I don't know if that has anything to do with numerology or not but hmm. but uh, numbers are energies you know the universe is basically you know created with numbers if you've ever heard of the Fibonacci number series no but I saw the program on TV numbers where they oh. solved the crimes oh okay well that's numbers. cool too well uh, like anything in nature is it uses like a Fibonacci Fibonacci number series so like if you'll see uh in spirals of they grows in spirals like if you'll see like flowers or plants will grow in spirals and it's related to the you know the the spiral spiral of life basically but hmm. i did write a few things down yeah, I, yeah. your email I'm came a little late share. a little late too uh, i didn't get like your birth information into do is the numerology and I didn't bring my tarot cards. I'm okay. sorry. But yeah, because Marie also reads tarot. So that would have been yeah. interesting. I'm the only one that hasn't had been read so far. Oh, okay. Well, that's an invitation to come back. Yeah. I know. We always have an excuse to get you back here. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess I don't do a lot with tarot anymore. But, oh, okay. Uh, maybe as a, 
Only on just Halloween. Well, just kind of as a, a learning about, you know, life experiences and that. But um, anyway, yeah, in your name, it. like the first, the first name is, comes out a 20 or two. And then the last name, Thomas, is a 22 or four. So I added those together. Well, actually, the 20 and 22, and that's the bigger number, is 42. And that would mean it comes up as love money creation. So it's a fortunate number, a karmic reward, promises assistance of those in power as well as close associations with people of high rank and position. So this number increases financial success. He's <laughs> just like laughing. <laughs> well, you know, it could still be in the future. Yeah, um, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I know, right? Ability to won the lotto that, you know, no. okay, <laughs> that I don't know about. Right. Well, there you go. Ability to achieve, achieve happiness and love denotes gain from through romance, the law, or the arts. Beware of self-indulgence or arrogance and love, financial careless career matters. So because if that number is abused, then later on in incarnation, you could revert to one that's a little bit more difficult. So once you strike it rich, you know, don't forget where you came from. Wow. <laughs> People, right? So wow. in, the, in the single digit number is that you're loved by your friends, you're devoted, uh, you have love of art and music. So you love nice home, surroundings, but you cannot abide by discord or arguments. You make friends easily, money comes easily to you, hopefully. <laughs> so um, attach, there's attachment to nature, and you have good manners, you're polite, but will not hesitate to voice your opinion. I'm even polite to Google. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm like thanking Google for things. I'm like, <laughs> well, what am I doing here? The great and you're God like Google. a nature guy because like yeah. when you go turkey hunting, you take oh, the yeah. feathers. I'm definitely And he <laughs> makes things out of the feathers. So very nature and into that sort of thing, you know. Music. So, I created my own class as a senior. Oh, Which was great. to go to concerts. Yeah. That was a great class. No test. <laughs> go to concerts and art museums and stuff. That was the class I created as a junior and took as a senior. Yeah. And that's just uh, a basic thing that I got from the name. That's interesting. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. There's a lot of things she hit on. Numerology is another ology. I, mm -hmm. I don't know if there's numerologies out there. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we, we gone through we'll find them. them. <laughs> right. If there are, that we'll find great. them. That was great. I was really interested that was cool. in that. Yeah. So let's just say he plays. He does the lotto or something like that. What are his numbers? Did you say 42 was his number? Oh, from my name. Yeah, 42 for your name. 42. Uh, yeah, for your uh, your personality number is your day and month. And, uh, you know, like your life path is the, the whole birth date put together. Okay. So, I mean, each letter is connected to a number, which is, that's the, what they call the Chaldean method, which is... Hmm. You know, basically, like, goes all the way back to, you know, Babylonia. You know, wow, they had their own cool. number, you know, ways of, you know, dealing with the esoteric, I guess. So it's kind of from the Kabbalah, the Kabbalah number series. So. Yeah, no one's ever been in here talking about the numbers like that. Mm -mm. I started being interested in numerology probably when I was 13 or 14. Maybe it's just because it's a, it was an easy way to you know, to, you know, learn about myself or right. the future or whatever, you know, who am I going to marry and that kind of thing. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, but I've I always started been looking interested. things up. I was interested in. It seemed like it was hitting. I know. On you, Kim. I know. Right. It's amazing. Those things repeated mm -hmm. themselves. Uh, independence and harmony showed up at, in more mm -hmm. than one of your birth dates. You know, your day, mm -hmm, month, mm -hmm. and year. Yeah, yeah that was like a crossover me. is what you're yeah, telling me. Right. So that kind of was confirmation for me. It totally. Showed up more than once. Right. Um, we do a thing. We we upcoming. You got any uh, upcoming events? I know that. Well, look before we move to upcoming. Let's talk about. You did a thing with our friend Darren. Oh, that's right. And Jamie. Amy. I thought it was just. I don't know if I read it, but then it's a blog, right? It's a video blog. Is that what you do? Um, well, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Andy O'Reilly is the um, camera. You know, he works the camera, so it was actually a taped interview, and that's on the. Um, the website also that's available on uh, Roku and Amazon TV but it's on the muskegonchannel.com okay you know, so it yeah. was so detailed on our friends yeah you know, what mm. what they do because Jamie Ray's into all these different um, psychic abilities right mm. psychic you, medium right you had mm -hmm. all that stuff down all those yeah those and Darren's an empath right right mm. I, I was really interested in that also, I think you've interviewed, or you at least talked about another one of our uh, co-hosts that's not here is Brandon Jose, and he's with Kent County Paranormal. Mm -hmm. And you did a thing, they were at the Muskegon uh, Library there, and did a thing on the SS, the, the ship there that was. Oh, uh, well, I did, uh, I actually was out on the LST ship. Uh, we did a show from there. Um, I don't think I interviewed the Kent County. Oh, you County. talked about it, though, that they yeah, were doing Yeah, we actually went on the LST. That's, okay. Yeah, that was fascinating. So you know Grasp, Bill and Oh, Connie I've actually, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't recognize the, the name, but yes, I did. I actually met with them um, just to find out more about the group because they were meeting, um, they used to meet up at the church, the I, I, I went was to. supposed to go okay. to the church Were you and one of their meetings, and then yeah. you know everything started falling apart. Yeah, yeah. they're well, really. I mean, they. I've been on probably three different paranormal investigations with them, like at the Elks Club and so Elks forth. Elks Club is one of their popular. In Grand Haven, right? the Elks Club is a hot spot, and uh, I went on I probably about three investigations, and um, you know they've got stories. Mm -hmm. um, what goes on? There's a guy in the basement, you know, sometimes he's not friendly. And um, there's been experiences from members of the group that, mm -hmm. you know. At I, the Elks? Oh, yeah. Like yeah. up in the attic. Sometime you ask Bill about the attic sometime. He doesn't like to talk about it, but Kim sometime. and I actually met because Grass put on their convention, the Ghost Coast Paranormal Convention, yeah. two or three years ago now. That's where we met. Yeah. It was through them. Mm -hmm. Yep. Grasp is working on this para unity right now. That's their goal. That's their mission. They're working on hard. Uh, they're a real detailed group, mm. um, real disciplined. They go through a lot of paperwork. Uh, it's redundant, but they like that fact, and they're they're covering themselves. And everybody that's doing this should be LLC. They should have liability insurance. You're going into people's homes. There's just that possibility that something might not work out you might leave those people with nightmares mm -hmm. and you may end up in court so if you're going to be a paranormal investigator be llc be protected mm -hmm. yeah 
just you, you got to watch out. Right. Yep. From your interview with Darren and Jamie Ray, um, you talked a lot about what their abilities were, um, what she does as a psychic medium, what he does as an empath. Did you learn anything from them based on your um, knowledge of that field? Um, did you share experiences with them? Like, I did this, this works for me, mm -hmm. or anything like that? Um, well, I learned a lot because I'm not, don't consider myself really like, a, you know, a ghost hunter. Okay. Or like an alien I wasn't hunter. sure if you were a paranormal investigator or yeah. not. No, I, I guess that's probably why I did learn more about that is because okay. I don't necessarily, I was started out when I was younger, very interested, you know, in ghosts. Mm -hmm. But uh, I guess I tend to think that I would rather leave them where they're at. Right. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't. Because, don't. you know, Darren has said in the past, hey, they go out, they do an investigation, and sometimes they are so drained that it takes them weeks to get back the strength that they've lost, potentially just from that one mm. investigation. He probably shared that with you. Yes, he did. We did, yeah. did ask him about yeah. that. And then, you know, how do you protect Jamie, yourself too, from she's got different abilities where... Um, like almost like a psychic type thing where I think she, I think you said something about, um, you know, there's different kinds of mediums. There's mental and physical. Yes. Do you remember that? Yes. Um, where mental mediums can kind of tune in by listening and sensing yes. and the physical mediums can more or less uh, telepathically hear spirits. Yes, like and clairaudience. Talk, like a clairvoyance of some sort. Yes, they can actually, some of them can actually manifest it's out amazing. in the physical world. Clairsentient. So, Clairsentient. Yes. Clairaudience. Clairaudience. Um, yeah, and some of it is you, they see it in their mind's eye. Yes. You know, like as a visionary thing or... Yeah, they can actually sense what they're they're feeling, and that's a way of communicating. Yeah, with I them, think Jamie so. Ray said that she encountered um, all of these manifestations mm -hmm. in her work. Once seeing the apparitions of multiple spirits in a place where she had there had been a hanging, and that uh, in that besides the visual manifestation, she could feel the sadness and despair of the individuals. So yeah. that is. No, I mean, that, that that is amazing that she has that a sort of abilities. Yeah, it is. And that would also be draining, too. Oh, I can't even imagine you know, your emotions feeling the sadness yeah, of absolutely. something like that. Terrible. Yeah. One of my worst great. ones, you know, I was a ghost hunter for eight years, was two days I slept. I had spent the night in a basement where the deceased had spent most of his time. Mm. And I can't really say I experienced anything at the time, mm -hmm. but I was so drained. I slept for two days straight after that was one of the worst ones, but I always use protection prayers. I encourage yeah. teams to mm -hmm. say prayers before, after, maybe during, uh, learn how to ground yourself different ways, whether it's through crystals or right. prayer or whatever. I know. Yeah. Darren and Jamie are big into crystals and protection stones and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. I'm interested in what you have brought up about how some of these different things are entwined and they overlap, you know, whether it's Mothman and aliens, uh, <laughs> whether it's Bigfoot and aliens, how they're, whether it's uh, ghost hunting and other things, how they, whether the yeah. psychic ability, how they all seem to be entwined into a, a paranormal center somehow mm -hmm. or gravity that 
I don't know. They just seem to be connected. There's a word. There's actually a term for that. That I, I don't know what it is, but it's it's where it, it talks about how everything's are brought together. They they they're linked together. I think it goes back to that paradigm word, right? Where everything's well, kind of linked. Different. No. Yeah. Okay. Well, it, maybe it comes from just the the unity of the the universe. You know that things all things are connected. You know, so I think a lot of psychic phenomena, things like it, like poltergeist phenomena could be, well, number one, it could be the people in the house are actually manifesting that. And so you can actually manifest something in the physical world because of your, you know, emotion or your, you know, just your intent, your emotions and things like that. That can be the poltergeist. But... Maybe it's come from why you see, you know, people are ghosts if they're haunting a place, you know, after death is just the, the reality that the spirit lives on after our physical bodies are gone. I wonder if they're traveling on the same wavelength or they're on that side of the veil together. We're on this side. They're on that side. Very we're, peeking, we're peeking through back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> so I, start, I started to say upcoming, any upcoming events or um, interviews or things that coming up that we need to watch for Paranormal Muskegon? Well, we are just getting back started again after, right. you know, things being closed down. So I am working on, you know, a couple of interviews. Um, nothing set right now, but we are, I did get the go ahead that to go out there and look for some more stories. So uh, in the Muskegon County area, we are looking for, you know, anyone that has, you know, something of the paranormal story that they would like to share with us. You know, it could be remote viewing. Uh, it could be, you know, maybe angelic, you know, visitations and things like that. It doesn't have to be, you know, just ghosts. You know, we, we all always, well, we like those stories too, but, you know, because there's such a range of of the paranormal that, you know, like, you know, vortexes or wormholes or, you know, anomalous, you know, events besides that. You Do you know, know Rick Wade? Uh, he's actually, um, I think I'm friends with him on Facebook, so, so I don't yeah. know him personally. I, I didn't bring his book with me, but he's a seer. Yeah. And he's supposed yeah. to be on the show. We've, we've read, yeah, I've read we've both read of his books. of his books and mm -hmm. promoted them on the show. Um, I don't know if he's going to make it back, but yeah, he's yeah. an interesting person. He's local. Um, we have... Ben Goldman of Afterlife Road coming in mm -hmm. uh, in July. That's our first show. And then Shatan Noir, she's one of our good friends yep. who we talked about. She did the Halloween show with she us. Did. And she's going to be in July for the second show. And then, I don't know if you heard, but the Gypsy Goddess Festival. <gasps> oh, that sounds awesome. Allegan That's County. right up your alley. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, July 31st through uh, August 2nd. And... Our friend Mary Bassett's going to be out there with that. And then also the Mid-Michigan Paranormal Convention. That's in uh, Flint, at Holiday Inn in Flint. And that's going to be November 8th. And that has Chetan Noir, uh, Kristen Roberts Medium, and Kathleen Tenson. And I, I wanted to bring up Kathleen because we do shout-outs too. So and she's the author of these three books. Haunted Travels of Michigan. She has a series of these three books. And also her new one 
she, she wrote with her sister. Unfortunately, her sister has passed. Beverly Rydell passed, but Kathleen Tetson, Stepping Into the Darkness. This is another one of her books. We like to promote local authors and people mm -hmm. writing about Michigan. So all these places you can visit in Michigan. She has, like I said, there's three different volumes of this. So salute to them. Uh, salute to the Whole Picture Podcast here at WKTV. And Maddie's back. Maddie's helping uh, out today. Uh, she's at the control board. And Nate, thanks to those guys. It wouldn't happen without them. A salute to Mary Bassett with Cryptid Frequencies. Mm -hmm. That's our radio show. Yep. Maybe you can be on that too because That'd there's be so much to yep. talk yeah. about. And Would she be. does Across the Golden Veil Spiritual Voices podcast. Um, I talked about Kathleen already. Yep. We, we did, uh, our final thought is what we'd like to end the show with. And our final thought would be, I'm wondering if you grew up with any superstitions in your house. Um, I know there was a lot of different ones in our house that we, we would drop silverware on the floor. My mom would go, well, we're having company. <laughs> and it would yeah. depend on whether it was yeah. a fork or spoon or a knife, yeah. what, what kind of company you were going to have. No I kidding. wonder if you grew up with any of those sort of uh, superstitions. Uh, yeah, I did grow up with, um, with a family that, you know, the belief in that sort of thing. You know, my mom's Scotch-Irish, so a lot of the stories she had, you know, she would tell us that if you peel an apple, and on a certain, I think it's Halloween night, you throw it behind your, your shoulder and then you knew who you, whatever the shape of the letter would be or who you're going to marry. Um, my grandmother used to tell stories about um, being, seeing uh, frogs fall from the sky. Oh, yeah. That was always fascinating to me. You know, the ideas that frogs actually fell when it rained. Right. You know, and my grandfather's story about seeing the ghost on the bridge. So, yeah, we, I grew up with a, you know, a lot of those stories of you know, the paranormal and the mysterious, so. Throwing was, salt over the shoulder. Oh, yeah. What well, does that mean? I do that. It mean, oh, if see? you, uh, like if you drop your broom or spill the salt, then you have salt. to throw it over your shoulder. You have to throw it over so, your shoulder. Yeah. My Otherwise, grand, what's going to happen? Well, it's bad luck. Bad luck. Oh, yeah. It's just bad. as bad as, you know, breaking a mirror. So it, That was one of mine. Yeah. And if you break a mirror, you're supposed to take it out, the pieces out, and go and bury it in a graveyard. Oh. I thought, no. I, I think, did not know I that. I think I'm going to have the bad, bad luck. No. <laughs> Yeah. We had fortune cookies in here. <laughs> we did a thing, packed them open to see if it anything, but you know, stuck or applied to mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. And one mm -hmm. of them, first people say, "Hey, well, you you got to eat the cookie, or it's bad luck." Yeah. Oh, I you do that, that too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah There's so the many cookie. of this, these things out there. It's just it's crazy. Well, yeah, well mine has a couple it, of them. Mine has mine is the turkey wishbone, right? Oh yeah. Oh, oh me and my uncles bone. would yeah. fight tooth and nail to get that, you know, to be the one to pull. So. Actually, that tug of war goes back a long ways, and I didn't even know that. I had mm -hmm. to research it just a little bit to see what, mm -hmm. what started it all. And it was actually first century Romans used to fight over the dried wishbones, believed to be they were good luck, and whoever got the biggest bit of bone gets their wish. Right, that's uh, how it works. That's yeah. how wish it works. Wish upon a falling star. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Black cats are across your path, bad Okay, luck. before the next show, eat a turkey. Bring in the wishbone. Well, we do all the uh, chicken You and I are going to do, you and I can do the wishbone. Yeah. See who gets a good luck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are funny things. Yeah. Well, there is a way you can cheat with the, the bones, so. <gasps> Uh-oh. Grab it up higher or yeah, what? Yeah, if you put your thumb up on the where the little tip is, and then when you pull it, it's going to get the end of it. 
Rabbits See, are not supposed to be over. good luck. Not, I don't know. Yeah, not good to luck. the rabbit. Not for the rabbit, right? <laughs> yeah, there's so many of those things out there. And they were, they were all in our household. Okay, Here's I got to tell him. you a real funny one because I, I ran this past my husband, right? I said, do you, do you have any growing up? His family was huge fishermen, especially up at Burt Lake. If you caught a sucker fish, you had to kiss it. Oh, no. <laughs> if you didn't kiss it, you weren't going to catch a fish the rest of the day. <laughs> I've heard things like that out hunting and fishing. Yes. Right? I, haven't, I haven't practiced any of that so stuff. So my though. nephew caught a sucker. <laughs> this sucker had warts all over its oh, face. Yikes. It was nasty. Yeah, they're not cute. Yeah, mm. no. He didn't kiss it. So guess what happened? No more fish? No more fish. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there's any truth to those, but it sure acted like it when I was growing mm. up. It was like a, a fact. My mom was stating facts. That's pretty much it. I yeah. think we covered it. I want to leave... Last week, I, I touched on a subject, you know, what's going on in the world right now. I think we need to uh, think about our differences and maybe em embrace what's unique. That's what I talked about. So I have this little poem. It's by Pat Patricia Ellen Ronkart, and it, it's entitled The Crayon Age. There's no difference between the white ones and the black ones or the red ones or even the yellow ones. It's all in your mind. They all taste the same. <laughs> so, I mean, whether it's a purple people leader or what, I mean, I think we're all the same. Uh, embrace, embrace your differences. Uh, don't think that uh, people are weird. I don't think you're weird. I think you're fascinating. You've been I a like fascinating you. I guest. It. Thanks. I appreciate you letting me come thanks on. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for coming. I appreciate it so much. Peace out.